Now I feel conflicted. Now I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see Marcy, who didn't have uh, wrinkles. You don't have wrinkles. Thank you, I Jenny. I'm looking you're at your beautiful. Where are your wrinkles? I'm getting these little brown lines here from listening to clients. Don't mind us. We're just talking amongst ourselves. This part will probably get cut out, but if not, you're just learning a little bit more about us. So we are tuned in now for episode three, Valerie Bonds with the cast. Yes, she did. What did you think? What were your overall thoughts? Oh, I loved this episode. I forgot rewatching it today how much I loved this episode. Yes. What was it that you loved about um, it? You know, the, those little tender bits of her, you saw a little more. You know, the parts that make you go, oh, oh, Valerie. This, so, she got mortified so much in this one. So you're talking about your moments of feeling bad for her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I loved it. I don't know what that says about me, but... Well, I don't know what it says about you, but you love her and you see oh, all the... Too. Here we are. Valerie Bonds with the cast. Valerie Bonds with the cast. Scale from 1 to 10. 10 being the best. 1 being... Least favorite? Where, where do you put it? Where, I don't answer questions like that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to be so angry about it, but I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, I have no number. Artists. How about you? I would say, for me, it was about a five. <gasps> really? Know. I know. Wow. See, that's why I don't answer, because but, uh, that's it's why so I ask strong. Because I think it's really... I think it's I, okay, I'll say, I would say like a 7.5 for me. Okay, that's good. I think it's important that we have our own feelings. I mean, what if somebody else who's listening loved it and somebody else listening didn't feel I it? I did. There were parts of it I really loved. Um, you know, because like I said, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's the actress in me, but, you know, the whole table read, the whole... Oh, that moment when you're going through your script. I know I'm jumping ahead, you know, but there was this moment when she was going through her script for the first time. Everybody had their highlighters out, and, you know, they were highlighting, 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 and she had, like, one line and then five pages where she didn't. And I've had those table reads. Absolutely. Even <laughs> where you're like, whoa, oh, oh, row. <laughs> so. I don't want to read this. So we open on a testimonial with Valerie and, um, She's talking about the cast and um, that they're in sitcom heaven right now. She's excited about being the center of two shows, not yeah. just one, but two shows. And they ask her if she's closer to the new cast than the cast from I'm It and if she's still in contact with them. 
she sort of pauses. She takes a long beat before answering about whether or not she's in contact with the cast from I'm I'm It. Do you think she is? I think they probably don't even take her calls. Or do you think maybe she stopped taking their calls? Uh, no, I think they probably stopped taking hers. They stopped taking hers? Yeah, I just, you know. And she sort of blows off the question saying that... How many episodes there were. Right. Ask me in 97 episodes who I'm closer to. Then we cut to the table read. And she's sitting next to Juna. And it's that moment that you were just talking about. Where they're going through the script right before. And it's it's the table read for the first episode after they've gotten picked up. So... She hasn't seen the script yet. Normally, as we'll see later on, at the end of a taping, they get the script for the next episode. Right. next week. But since this is the first one, she was acting like this was the first time she saw the script. Yeah, which that was kind of weird because usually you get it delivered to your house or, uh, you know, some, yeah, usually it's delivered to you before. I I don't think I've ever gone into a table read, you know, with this getting the script that day and never having seen it before yeah well dramatic license true they Abs- took they took a lot they take a lot anyway i mean any 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 show about show business takes dramatic license they are boiling it all down to those essential tasty little tidbit moments and here we are at the te- table read she's next to juna and her first... juna's not wearing a bra again of course not and her nipples are perky i don't think she owns one I don't think she does either. Juno was kind of a bitch in this episode. Like, like a, um, you know, not that she thinks she is, but I think that just deep down, Juno's not nice. I, you know, I think the niceness is all a shroud. <laughs> really? I was getting the opposite. I was getting the opposite feeling that Juno was, well, Scratch that. At the beginning, I thought maybe she was sort of being a bitch. Yeah. Or maybe getting getting a serious read on who Valerie might be and less enamored or maybe a little more sophisticated. But we did learn more about her in this episode. Yeah, we sure did. And some of it might not be as attractive as the rest of her, but... We will also see as the episodes go on. So they're doing the highlighting of the script at the table read, and Polly G makes the comments that he'll be reading directions or something. He'll be reading the smaller. No, they they didn't cast the art dealer yet, the part of the art dealer, and he said, "Yes, I'll be reading the part of the art dealer, and I can't act." And, and they all uh, ah ha ha, Polly G, everybody kisses his ass. We learn a little bit more about everybody because we learn more about him and Tom in this episode. Yes. And their past. Yes. I loved Tom more in this episode. He is trying with Valerie. He does. And you can see him just trying to hold it together. Although I I keep thinking he's going to lose it at any moment. I know, but he is actually very kind to her. He is very kind to her. Even more so, I thought Jimmy, a.k.a. Jim Burroughs, the director is truly, I think, the kindest person to her, even though he 
This is my feeling. My feeling is that she's yeah. He he does not bullshit her. No, he doesn't. He does not pussyfoot around her ego at all. Or yeah, what he said to her later was, you know, great. So, again, he doesn't want the camera. Jimmy doesn't want the camera on him. And they start reading the script and written in the script every description of Aunt Sassy <laughs> and what she's wearing, what she's doing has the word pathetic. Uh, and what was great about that, and just just a tribute to Lisa Kudrow's brilliance was her face. Right. That face where it physically hurt her every time and then she got brave. Just, I wish you could see my face right now because I'm doing a little impression of it and I... I don't look anything like Lisa Kudrow, but we both had a nose job. <laughs> but you're right. That's little acknowledgement that comes. Oh, it's, it's like, so... ouch. It's really subtle. And then, and then, okay, I'm okay. And it's all in her face and it's brilliant. And it's getting, it's... she seems to be getting even quicker at recovering. Yeah. Because they just keep coming. Those punches. Her pathetic pink jogging suit. And then she's. With her pathetic barbells and I then, think. oh and, and they're saying her blind date who didn't show up right uh right the line was something about him not showing up poor aunt sassy but i think valerie is having a hard time differentiating between herself and her character as well right oh absolutely and, and she takes aunt sassy so personally yes She's very possessive of her, I think, and I think that must be a common occurrence with actresses as well. Sort of, well, oh, actors in general. I'm thinking about Chevy Chase in Community and how his character was so disliked by all the other characters and that began to parallel the intercast relationships. Yeah, nobody liked him on that show. And he became so sensitive. And psychologically, from another point of view, it makes a lot of sense. It's sort of like at the experiment, right, where they went into the prison and half the students were playing the prisoners and half the students were playing the guards and they had to commit and after a while the guards really started getting into it and really feeling these negative Jenny. violent I'm sorry okay <laughs> we're going on <laughs> no no it's it's a good uh, it's very prescient I think you should call yourself Dr. Jenny oh hush next scene Valerie announces to the cast that she wants to take them to lunch she's bonding she wants to bond and I and I, I think she really does. What do you think she hopes she's going to get from bonding it, with him? It's hard to differentiate like what she's doing for real and what she's doing for the reality show. You know, and so and, and a lot of the things I think she is doing, her choices are for the reality show. But I do think she wants to bond with the cast. I think she wants to have that experience, you know, where the show's like a family. And she's literally supposed to be family in the show the right. character is supposed to be the aunt I, I really do think that Valerie wants to bond with the cast I don't think she's doing it for the reality show whereas you know some of the things she completely does for the reality show you can tell I keep feeling she is like old school theater television professional actor where you do certain things 
right? Yeah. You bond with the cast, you do these group activities. The gifts. The gifts, and this all comes up in this episode. And yeah. what bonding with the cast in this episode means for Valerie is something different for them as well. And I think she's seeking allies. I think she feels very isolated. Right. And we see that... As well she should. She is isolated. And that goes right into after having this conversation about when they can have lunch and nobody can really agree on a date and she sort of blows it off. She walks away. No, because she said, I'm just going to go talk to the writers. And every time she says that now, I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Because you just, you just, oh, my God. They just don't want to talk to her. And she's just going to make a fool of herself. And you you just want to, like, I just want to jump into the television and go, no. It's like watching a horror movie. (laughs) Don't go into the basement. Don't go into the writer's room. Don't. Don't. Whatever you do, don't try to be clever with Polly G. That, I think, is one of the hardest things to watch, is her persistence, and she's not learning anything. No. It's very Larry David. No lessons. No lessons, right? No hugs, no lessons. She tries to talk to them. The production manager or whoever comes over and tells her where her new dressing room is going to be on the set. And this is after she's seen Malin, Juna, Malin, yeah. Mars. Look at my new dressing room, and it's like, you know, in a state. <laughs> it's super, super sweet, decked out. She can have, it's right off the set and accessible. Like two seconds from the set. Two seconds. Meanwhile, the, she's shown that hers is way up upstairs in the back in the back in the dark and she can't have the other one that's closer to the stage because the writers want it as their hangout as their hangout also in this conversation she learns that oh wait uh she's having a conversation with tom right right she is talking to tom about her character because, of course, Polly G doesn't want to talk to her. And she thinks it's because he's embarrassed by the cameras or he's shy or inexperienced. Or she's trying to come up with an excuse. Because she can't. She just can't understand that he doesn't like her. Or she won't believe it. She won't believe it. She's sort of in denial. Right. Because right? it can't be her. No. No. It can't be something she's doing. But she's very disturbed by the fact that the character Shane cannot say aunt she says on but nobody's telling nobody's correcting shane nobody cares except for valerie i am feeling that valerie has very little respect for shane she mentions that she was on a disney show continually and a kid's show and you know i think she thinks she's not the same and they're not in the same caliber do you think that the atmosphere has changed now since 10 years ago attitudes towards those shows? No. No? (laughs) That's so funny because I feel like it has. I mean, I know because a lot of our friends work on them now, you know, because a lot of sitcom writers work on them because there's a lot less sitcoms being made because of reality shows. So a lot of our friends who are sitcom writers are working on those Disney shows, but... No, I mean, I know actors would rather not, you know, work on, they would rather work on a network show or they'd rather do film. 
prime. I mean, I think that I think the stigma between film and television is different. That's now. Right. Yeah, I th- you know because everybody's working in TV, but I I still think yeah I don't think that um, you're going to see Johnny Depp on you know iCarly. Ten years ago, we didn't have the examples of people like Nick Cannon, Selena Gomez, right. Ariana Grande, all these people. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, of course, big, uh, huge star coming out of that. They Zac did. Efron, who is a film star now. Yes, so many of them. And all those teeny bopper shows and movies are just... All we had was Saved by the Bell. Really, all you have? I'm sure there are Saved by the Bell fans out there who are crushed that you said all we have. I love me some Saved by the Bell. I actually never watched it. That's not true. I watched one episode of Saved by the Bell that my friend Matt was on. Only because he was on it. But he's the same reason that I started watching Scandal. But we digress. In this conversation where she posits that the problem Polly G has is with the cameras and he's shy, Tom tells us something very important about them. And that's that they are Emmy winners. Yes. That since they were 22, they've been Emmy winners. They won an Emmy for their first Simpsons script. And she's never won an Emmy, correct? No. That was another one of those Valerie Face moments where she sort of went, was pained and then regrouped. Right. It's, that's what she does. It hits her and then she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, great. It also shows that she has done no background on these people. She no. has done no research. She's not asked. She's not been interested. So we go from that. We hear about the dressing room. We see Mickey going up the steps and he announces down, bring your Sherpa. I love Mickey. Oh, Mickey. Okay. We need to take a break. Mar- we need to do a Mary F. Kill. Can I say the F word? Yes. Yeah. Mary fuck kill. Okay. Here we go. Here's your trio. Polly G. Okay. Tom. Okay. Mickey. <laughs> okay. Best Mary Fuck Kill ever, right? Out there? What about you guys? I know you're thinking about it right now. Mary Fuck Kill. Is it wrong that I would fuck Polly G? And I would. No, because he's kind of your type. He's kind of my, <laughs> my premarital, premarital type. type. You like those, those mean, mean teddy bears. Those mean teddy bears. <laughs> the people that everybody else hates. Uh,. So, Polly G, I would fuck Polly G. I would marry Mickey because my hair would always look great. And makeup. And I'd have to kill Tom. And he's funny. I know. I'd have to kill. Not my Tom. I'm married to a Tom, but. See, I would, I would, I would kill Polly G. I would also marry Mickey. Look at us. We both would marry the gay man. Well. What does that say about us? Well, I think it says a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I would, uh, yeah, I would. I see, I like the. Sort of nicer, nerdy-looking ones. Yeah. Yeah. And he is nice, and I don't. I don't dislike Tom. I. This Polly G's more edgy. I He's an edgy teddy bear. Yeah. You know what? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would fuck Tom and kill Polly, but I just think it's too. But we still would easy. both. We still would both marry Mickey. I love that. Yeah. Well, neither Tom nor Polly G. Even though Tom's married with kids, which we know, right? He said right. he's got kids. But we don't know that he's married, but he's got kids. I, I 
they're writers and they're kind of a dick to her. They're not being respectful to her. Well, and who'd marry a writer anyway? <laughs> That's funny. Marry an know editor. So many. Yeah, I always know. marry an editor. Personal. Personal moments. So, room. Oh. After this, we go to the next morning with Mark. The reality crew was in their bedroom. Do you think he was naked? Because he wasn't wearing a shirt, and I was wondering if he wasn't getting out of bed. Because she kept saying Mark out of bed, and he was like, no. And uh, I, wonder if, I was wondering if he was naked. I was thinking he had morning wood. <laughs> naked with morning wood. Yeah, like, uh, really, he didn't say anything necessarily that... And the covers were all sort of bunched up. He kept bunching the covers up. Right. Yeah. But... He definitely had something going on down there. That it was not getting out of bed. But we've seen him in his underwear before. Yeah. So we're beginning to get a sense of how intrusive they are in their lives. And they are getting a sense of it too. I don't think that Mark quite understood. And he asks her, could it just be you and me in the morning? And then suddenly Mickey comes out of the dressing room. A scarf over his head. Why don't you wear this? Very that girl. Yes. I love the that girl reference because I love that girl. I think she thought she was that girl when she was doing I'm It. Yes. Right? So she probably loves hearing that. And then the best part of her morning starts when Francesca comes in. Totally unnatural again. Staring, posing for the camera. Looking straight at it. Yeah. Smiling at it. And she asks if Valerie can take her to school. Which we learn at this point is not a normal occurrence. No. And she wants Valerie to take her to school because she wants the reality crew to follow her to school. To up her school cred. Which we know. Yeah. But Valerie doesn't get it all, of course. (sighs) Because Valerie just doesn't get anything. I know. She's all excited about the little girls reaching out. and She thinks Francesca loves her now. She thinks it's a really big moment. And it's so real to her. That she asks them to stop and do a video moment, a video uh, testimonial, because she's really feeling her emotions right now. Yes, she's having this big moment. She thinks she should go do her personal video diary in the bathroom, and they tell her, no, we'll do it on the fly, and... OTF. OTF. She's learning the lingo. Yeah, they say, we'll do it OTF, and she's like, what's that? And they said, on the fly, and then she goes, come on, Mickey, we're going to do it OTF. Like, she's been saying that all along. Like, they could tell her, that's the thing, is they could t- they could say make up any, any initials, and then tell her what it means, and she would do it like she, of course I know that. I wonder if the new comeback will have her talking in tech. Ah, uh, yes, it will. All those things yes. we haven't seen. I yet. actually already know that <laughs> there will be that. And we also catch their name. She, she mentions something about it being new in the Berman house. So we get Mark's last name is Berman. I know that doesn't really matter in the larger scope of things. Uh, it does, because I think the J card has entered the room. Oh, okay. I think there he, she married a nice Jewish boy. She married a nice Jewish and boy. And Lisa Kudrow, who in life is very Jewish. I don't think Valerie Cherish is Jewish, though. We don't know much about Valerie's background at all. That's true. I was thinking about that the other day. We don't know if she's Jewish. I mean, I don't think Valerie Cherish, I can't imagine that Cherish is her real name. Maybe her name, real name is Valerie, you know, Silverman Rabinowitz. Berman. There are several people we know who would answer to that, sort of. <laughs> Myself, for one. Well, 
Yeah, but that's your name is your last name. It may be a Jewish last name, but you didn't change it. No, I didn't. My agent wanted me to, and my mother cried. Oh. And uh, so I didn't. Personal. Personal moments. We, we're digressing again. So she tries to do her video testimonial on the fly. She's OTF. Very, OTF. She's concerned about the angles that they're at as she's coming down, and she's very excited about making the transition from stepmom to friend. This also parallels the bonding that she's looking forward to with the cast and crew, or cast at least, right? That she wants to hang out and be friends with the kids. She does. She wants to be one of the kids. I think in her heart she is one of the kids. But she doesn't act like it when no. she's with them. No, because she doesn't know how. She probably wasn't one of the kids when she was one of the kids. The cast members from I'm It, their experience would be very enlightening to hear their input and maybe we'll get it i don't remember if we do or not then they are driving in the car francesca is in the back squeezed in there with jane and as they're pulling into the school there's another reality show filming and not only is it a reality show it is a nickelodeon and here we were just having a conversation about right kids shows and it's a show that i don't even think it's on anymore called switcheroo it, it was not a real show it's not a real show i know it was something like that was that jamie kennedy what was the host i don't think so uh, on what on the show on the comeback no the switcheroo in the comeback no i don't think it was jamie kennedy no. oh i didn't like i was on a show on abc family called switched where you switch lives i switched did you know that no. Oh, yeah. This is all new. And uh, uh, Bethany Hamilton, the, the, the surfer who had her arm cut off by the, bit off by the shark, she switched uh, lives with one of the girls in one of my classes, and that girl went to Hawaii, and I spent, you know, Bethany came and spent time with me, and we were on ABC Family. Yeah, oh, it was wow. Really cool. Was that recently? No. God, that was like 10 years ago. Wow. I did not know that. I know. So it wasn't switcheroo, but it was switched. Yeah. So here we are at the Hunt School, the battling reality crews. They yelled out the window, get out of the way, we're filming a reality show. The, the other reality show has to get out of the way. And then they said, we're filming a reality show too. And they said, you know, what show? The comeback with Valerie Cherish. And they were like, who? And then Valerie had that look on her face again. like. And they are just screaming at it. Like, Valerie Cherish! Who? Not only is she humiliated by adults, kids everywhere in she front goes. of her stepdaughter oh pathetic yes pathetic jogging suit pathetic barbells they can't take the cameras into the school francesca looks disappointed and she says switcheroo is stupid even though she doesn't say much to valerie that's kind really shouldn't say anything to her about it that is kind of a little bit a little bit yeah like you they're stupid, we're not. You're not. Yeah. They're not because she's... Or not. she's saying it because she doesn't get to be on... Right. The crew isn't coming into her school. Next, we're in the dressing room. Uh, Jimmy is working with the kids, and Valerie's told that she can go because they're still working on the set, and she is going to stick around because she's going to have a big special cast lunch with the kids. She always calls them the kids. Meanwhile, she can hear outside that they're having a great time on set. The next scene is they are at lunch. 
and everybody's there except for Juno, who they have been saving a seat for. She never shows. There are people coming up who want to sit in the seat. They won't give up the seat for Juno, even though everybody's done eating. And, and they're not really talking to Valerie. They're not... No one's really bonding, and they're all... Even the table they chose to sit at, there. it's like a Johnny Rockets type restaurant, it seemed like. It reminded me of these restaurants. There's a lot of them now, the common tables. I hate those. I hate those restaurants. What is that? I think it is... I don't like sharing a, table with strangers. It's a new trend. The community table? Is that what Yeah, they're in so many restaurants now. But they're not even sitting across from each other. There's no, no one's interacting. Around. They're just sort of eating and... Not sharing. No, it's not a bonding lunch. And Jesse makes a comment about it would have been better if it had been organic. Yeah. Or, which, and Valerie said it was going to take the ivy, and they're like, oh, we love the ivy. Right, which doesn't make sense why she didn't take them. She said, no, because I thought you kids, well, the ivy's really expensive. You think that it was a money thing? It might have been. I don't know. It could have been. She just spent $4,500. I'm still, that ticket, the plane ticket for the last episode is on my mind. I'm waiting for Mark to get that bill. What's the fallout from that going to be? He doesn't want to see that. I don't need to see that. I'm still getting used to that, Jenny. I don't want it. I don't want to see that. Uh, We haven't heard her say that. We never heard her say that in this she episode. She didn't say it in this episode. Which is very sad. I want to hear her say it again. I'm sure she will. So Juno never shows. They have somebody else sitting down. They give her a release to sign. Just a random person in the restaurant who wants that seat. And she just starts talking to Jesse, the actor. And everybody's just ignoring Valerie, as always. She's a pretty cute young girl. Pretty cute young girl, totally happy to sign the release, yeah. has no idea what it's for, Yeah, doesn't care. She's an actress. It's very L.A. Oh, yeah. there's a camera on me? Alright, whatever. I'll sign it. Where do you want me to sign? I'm not going to do something stupid. We're back on set. Oh, wait, I missed a scene. Uh, before lunch, she goes out to oh, watch yeah. the rehearsal. <gasps> that was the set. That's when Jimmy told her like it is. Yes, again, she was obsessing about this aunt versus aunt. Aunt sassy versus aunt sassy. And nobody gives a shit about it except for her. Right. Jimmy pulls her aside and asks why she's so worried about this show. And he says, this isn't your show. That's your show, pointing to the reality cameras. Then he says, this show is the car that takes you to that show. Again, we see that look on her face that you described, the realization. Ouch. Okay. I'm okay. I'm strong. In the back- Moving on. In the background, the kids are having a pillow fight, and someone's like, don't hurt Juna's face! That's She's the money. the money! Yeah, that's the money. Oh, man. So then they go to lunch, and we don't see- Junior doesn't show up. The money doesn't show up. After lunch, she's hanging out with Mickey, who wasn't at lunch, but somehow is around. And she's picking up gifts for the cast and crew, or the, the top six, the four other actors and two writers or showrunners. And Yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, why did she get one for Jimmy, too? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Or Mickey. Did she get one for Mickey, or no, was she just showing she it to him? Yeah, no. Mickey... 
She she treats Mickey like a servant. Well, she bought him a $4,500 plane ticket. He doesn't need a Tiffany's yeah. keychain. So she's made them these Tiffany keychains that say Aunt Sassy or Aunt Sassy's condo. Like they could give... Who cares? Who? I saw that gift and it was another one of those... Like when I see her walking towards the writer, I'm like, oh, don't give them that. No. They, they so don't care. They're not going to like that. But it was, you know, Aunt Sassy's condo. She was making it like the show was all about her. Yeah. She said, because that's where all the action happens. And she has these keys made for them. She picks out the different keys for them. When they're picking out the different pattern, Mickey's like, who's better than you? Totally joking. Always. Always. And when she picks out for Jesse, the tiger pattern key, Mickey says, oh, that's just like Jesse, wild, exotic, ready to pounce. Do you think Mickey wants Jesse? Oh, fuck yeah, he wants him. He wants him <laughs> bad. Oh, he has, like, oh, he's. Poor Mickey. Oh, my God. Do you think Mickey still gets him? I don't know. Well, maybe we will see, but. We know that he has a storage unit in the valley, and... There's disco balls in there. There's... Yeah. Didn't... I wanted to get... He mentioned they needed to make a key. They needed a key to make a key. And he said, here, just use mine. It's my storage unit in the valley. One day I'm going to go there. Someday somebody's going to want disco balls from the 70s. And I'm thinking, I fully would love to look through Mickey's storage unit. Wouldn't you? Right. What I you want Mickey. I don't know. Makeup chair for my mint. A lot of a lot of cross dressing ensembles. Maybe some maybe some Z gallery prints. Oh, definitely Z gallery prints, and maybe a maybe wax wax figurines of Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> Just chaps. there when you walk in. Chaps. Assless. Oh, rhinestone assless chaps. Mickey totally has those, and I think sometimes he goes in there and tries to put them on. Or takes someone. Yeah, probably clothes he doesn't fit in anymore. I have a box of these too that he will. Dream about one day. Oh yeah, and it yeah from clubbing days. Oh yeah, spandex. Mickey, I can see Mickey in spandex. I can see Mickey jazzercising. Totally, and I think he wears a caftan at home. Of course he does. He's got to let his boys breathe. Absolutely. Oh my God! And last week it was Tony Danza's penis, and now it's Mickey's penis. And I really want to go back to the Tony Danza's penis. But we were talking about Mark's penis too. That Mark might have been having. Okay. I'm just trying to cleanse myself from Mickey's penis in a caftan right now. Okay, just I want you to put that on your mind. I want you to focus on Tony Danza's penis. I really have to pee. All right. Well, we can pause. No, it's okay. Let's forge on through. Okay, we know that I'm doing this while I have to pee. We're we're cruising through. So then we have a testimonial where Jane is asking Valerie to comment on how she feels about Juna not coming to lunch. And she feels hesitant. She doesn't express how she feels. She just does not want to address it. Do you notice how often in those testimonials Valerie gets teary-eyed? Yes. And is, again, holding back. She's protecting her vulnerability or her image. She's afraid to make a bad impression. But in all that effort, she just ends up looking... Foolish. Yeah. I thought Valerie was going to cry talking about 
Juna if she did, and maybe that's why she didn't want to talk about it. I think it resonates to something deep inside her. I think that Juna's a popular girl on the show, and Valerie really wants to be in the popular crowd, and she got dissed by the popular girl. She did get dissed, or she feels like she got dissed, because we never really learned why Juna didn't come. No. Whether she just had other plans, or was rehearsing on something special for the show, maybe she couldn't get away. Anyways, Jane wanted her to talk, she won't. Oh, she, uh, Jane said, I want you to talk about it in case the editors want to make this episode about Juna not showing up to lunch. Right. And Valerie was very confused by that. She didn't realize, like, reality TV really is all in the hands of the editors. Again, I don't think she understands the raw footage concept. No. Yeah. I know, because she was like, can you cut this out? Can you cut this out? You know. Can you imagine if people listening right now heard our raw footage? That would be bad. That would be bad. We have some very crazy raw footage. If you're you're offended by the stuff we leave in, you should hear what we (laughs) left out. I'm just kidding. We are kind, beautiful people. She's not kidding. She's kind. I'm horrible. It's not true. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible alert. We're both. We we all have higher and lower selves, and we have to let them both play sometimes. Jenny's husband bought her a really pretty rolly bag for her birthday. And it's very important to talk about that. It is. But. Like Did I Valerie, just get schooled? No. I was going to say, like Valerie, I don't want to talk about my baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie ends that testimonial saying that if I talk about it, it gives the idea I was hurt by it. And I'd rather not. And her eyes are all teary. I know. Because she is hurt by it. And it's very true of borderline personalities and narcissists as well that all of that comes from a deep sense of rejection and abandonment. And nothing was more rejecting and abandoning than Juna not coming to It was horrible. It was very glaring. It was a very glaring omission of a person. Then it's show night. And Juna apologizes for not making it, and she wants to make it up, and she wants to do a girls' lunch, just one-on-one. As she's making that comment to Valerie, Valerie's handing her her opening night gift, and you can tell she's looking very excited. And as usual, she has the huge curlers in her hair. The curlers, no one has ever, no who wears those. I used to wear those. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean... Okay. (laughs) But you're right. You're right. It is a dated hairstyle. Yes. And uh, it's not in this episode, but in the next one, which I've already watched, we see footage from Imit. And we've already seen pictures from Imit. And it's the same hairstyle. She still wears the same hairstyle as Aunt Sassy, or Aunt Sassy, as she did... As the star of I'm It, who I cannot remember that character's name. She gives Shane the opening night gift, and Shane tries to use the key on the dressing room and breaks it, and... Shane is not the brightest... uh... She's not. She is not bright. But they're all excited. She passes Tom to give him... His opening night gift, and he says, Polly G's in there 
in the hangout room. Oh, my favorite scene is coming up. Where she walks in and unbeknownst to her, Polly G is in there, but he's busy. Getting his freak on. Well, someone is freaking on him. He's getting the pre-show. BJ. He is getting blown by someone we have no idea who is naked as the day is long. Yeah, just naked and blowing him. And slapping her own ass. <laughs> well, don't you do that? <laughs> what? I mean, no. I, I mean, of course. I might now. I didn't know it was an option. So, Polly G screams, <laughs> that was a lot of information. <laughs> screams at her to get out, and she is... And the whole crew is in there seeing the BJ. Everybody's seeing Oh, that. and it's like... Uh, that, it's great because Jane... That's the first time we see Jane really lose it. She's just laughing, and they're laughing together. It's like, they finally bonded a little bit. So, again, she's not bonding with the cast, the people that she's making all these efforts towards, but she's bonding with Francesca a little bit. Yes. And Jane. She comes out, and as Marcy just said, they she's having a moment with Jane and... Where they're... I mean, how can you not be laughing? Walking in on a BJ is funny. He left the fucking door open. He left that door open. Yeah, they what can't feel bad. Expect? Yeah. Right. Lock the door. You have the door open like that. You are asking. You're selling tickets to your BJ. You're Polly G. You want everybody to see that. (laughs) I need people to see that. So then... I can't unsee that. That would have been a good time for her to say, I don't want to see that. Yeah, that would have been perfect. She goes into hair and makeup, and Mickey says it's showtime. Cut to the next scene, which is a lunch at Il Cielo, where she's waiting for Juna. I love that you knew it was Il Cielo. I could tell it wasn't the Ivy, and then later you see the the sign. Oh, I did God, you are so... My mother got married at Il Cielo. Really? To Nat, yes. I did not know that. I've never actually been there. I've seen it. Oh, really? I've been to like four weddings there. It's so pretty. It is pretty. It looks so pretty. And it looks very similar to the Ivy. Yes. We're thinking that they're going to be at the Ivy, but they're not. So she is there, and again, she is alone. She's waiting. Another waiter comes up to her and asks her if she wants to order. And she says, no, just another iced tea. And makes a comment that Juna is 40 minutes late, so we know that this has been happening. And she invites Jane to join her. Jane has to turn her down because, of course, Jane is working, which is a little sad. And then she goes to have a piece of the bread. Oh, and she's having one of those moments where her food doesn't quite stay in her mouth. And she doesn't know how to cover it up. And she really doesn't want it on film. And that bread is just falling out of her mouth. We've all had those moments. We've all had those moments. And it's so awkward on film. And eventually, Juna does show up. Right when we've written her up, Juna shows up. And we realize that it's not that Juna's being some sort of a jerk. It's that she didn't get the message that they weren't meeting at the Ivy. 
even though Valerie had made a comment in the past. She has her own table there. That she has her own table, right, at the Ivy. They couldn't get a table. Although, I ventured that if Juna had called... I was thinking that, exactly. You had the same thought? Oh, yeah. I actually thought Juna was going to say, oh, I made a reservation. Or, really, because they were ready to seat me. Yeah, but they, yeah. And maybe they did, maybe something that got cut out. Juna reveals in their conversation that it is her first acting gig. And she... Which is so insulting. What do, you, what do you think is insulting about well, it? Well, just she is the star of the show, and she's sort of stolen all of Valerie's thunder. But it's not her fault. I know, but it's just, I don't know. You know, the again, the actor in me goes, oh, you know, here Valerie probably had some tough years in between That's It and this. And, you know. And before, probably. Yeah, yeah, and this cute girl with her perky nips. You know, it just comes in and... Her small but happy breakfast. Yes. Which I want to say, again, shout out to those small and perky breasts. As a small-chested woman, it's always refreshing to see someone who doesn't have big... That's true, I know. I can totally relate. Well, you have big, beautiful, natural breasts, but we're both all natural. And we know in this town there are many young chippies who don't. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's also nice to see somebody yes. who does not have big breasts who is completely confident and happy in her body. Yes. And I just want to give Malamar a little bit of Yay. props for that. Tiny titties. Tiny titties. Anything more than a mouthful is wasteful. Juna refers to Valerie as her friend. She calls and her Valerie her really liked that. She likes really that. Did like it's a that. happy face. And like Valerie was one of the popular girls. Yes, she feels like she's part of it. She's yes. bond, like she's bonding with the cast. Yes. Because even if she can't bond with anybody else, Juna would probably be enough. Juna begins to share with her a little bit about how moved she is that Valerie makes a comment that they've got to look out for each other. Juna says how much that means to her because in this town and before she can finish Valerie tells her to put a pin in it pulls out a lipstick because there is a paparazzi around yeah who Valerie thinks has been trying to get her picture but we realize paparazzo is really into Juna Valerie didn't Val Valerie said to her, How did they even know who you are? And she just sort of said, Oh, I'm in a rock band. We're sort of well known. We're well known in LA. Yeah, in LA there were some it's almost like maybe like a no doubt or something Right. Made. That's was my fantasy. Like, oh, it must yeah. be some like LA band that everybody knows. Well that they had to be known enough for the paparazzi to recognize. So it. yeah. I think Valerie, they might be really well known, but Valerie's so out of it. Because now it makes sense because they keep saying Juno's the money, Juno's the money. So she's probably more well known, you know. And Valerie, how would Valerie know? I think Valerie is not, you know, you know, she she lives, probably still listens to the music of the decade, you know, when she was something. Well, she didn't know that the showrunners had won Emmys. I know, she she's, know no, she what... doesn't know anything about anybody. And she's not terribly interested. Put a pin in it. Just let's, yes. let's put a pin in that. 
Which is a turn of phrase that I've heard many therapists use in my line of work. Really? Let's put a pin in that. Well, usually it's something that you say either in the middle of a conversation where somebody's bringing something new in and you're trying to keep focused on something or else in the the doorway conversations when you're ending a session because that's usually where a lot of stuff starts to get dumped. But you say, let's let's, let's put a pin in that. Oh. But... I have a visceral reaction to that, like, oh, Ooh, okay. No, yeah, that would, that's like insult. That's like, that takes me back to my over talky childhood work, would, would tell me to shut up all the time. It is, it's like a polite right. way of saying, shut up. Shut up, I, I have Shut up, talky. Talky McTalkerson. <laughs> Clam it. Shut it. But we have a microphone now. We have and a microphone we, now. No one has to tell us to be quiet. And. No one they, puts baby away from the microphone. <laughs> Valerie and Gina get their picture taken with the paparazzi. She looks very happy. I assume the rest of the lunch went well. We don't really see it. And the end credits are rolling over them waiting, or not them, Valerie waiting for her car and having an exchange with the valet. Because her car just isn't coming. She's been there for 15 minutes already. It's just another way of them showing us nobody thinks Valerie is special. Which was the whole point of that whole episode is nobody thinks Valerie is special. Nobody does. Mickey does. Mickey does. Nobody that Valerie wants to think she's special thinks she's special. Well, but even the valet Parker and the paparazzi and the waiter who really wanted her to leave and the waiter in the other restaurant who wanted her to give up her chair and just nobody treats her like a celebrity. Right. Nobody treats her the way she thinks she should be treated as a celebrity and the way she feels people are treating her in her mind. We're, we constantly see her bubble being burst in this episode. Or the way she may have been treated in the past. Right. I'm not quite sure what the success was that she had and what the result of that was, but she does have a certain expectation of how she wants to be treated and... Having her car brought around, you know, ASAP. Right. But at the same time, devil's advocate on that, I keep thinking the valet, it's taking a long time for the car. She got there so long ago that even though people have come after her, her car is far back right. in the parking lot. I didn't put that much thought into it. I know. You think a lot. I do think a lot. I you do. You're I, deep. I just think about practical motivations. Why this is happening. Is it really a slight? Is it really a slight because nobody knows who she is or cares who she is and she has no power? Or... Is it a, just a practical... It's Well, it's not that they don't care as much as they. it's not on their radar. Like, if it were somebody else, no matter where her car was, they would have run to have gotten it. But they, she just wasn't on his radar to do that. She's not special. No. So, if it were Tom Cruise, it would have been right there. If it were Tom Cruise in the 90s, it would have been right there. <laughs> If it was Tom Cruise today, it might still be right there. Not everywhere. Okay, maybe not. That's it. That is the last scene, and it's a different director. Michael Patrick King didn't direct this one. And we go off on one of my favorite songs, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Which is great 
And very fitting for that episode. And she does have some fun with the girls. She has a little bit of fun with Francesca, or she's trying to. And she has fun with Jane when they see the blowjob. And with Jane, and it seems that the taping of the show went okay. Everybody yeah. seems to be happy. Juna is making an effort. He's tried to make it up to her. Although, I wouldn't blame Juna if she was like, fuck this shit, when she's trying to be nice to... I'm saying in the future, if Juna... Right. Doesn't, isn't as nice as she has been because she, every time she tries to share anything important with her. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Who needs that? Yeah. But basically Valerie just doesn't know how to play with others. She doesn't. She just doesn't. Do you think Valerie's an only child? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. We're going to vote for Valerie's a, a... was unpopular in high school, maybe a theater geek. Yes. And only child. Only child. Probably had a weight problem. Ooh. Definitely. We know there's some issues around food. Yes. And embarrassed to be eating on camera and all of that. Yep. Any other thoughts you have on this? Uh, no, I think I voiced them all pretty much in that. I just think that just to wrap up, I just think this entire episode is where we saw that Valerie's just, she's just not pertinent. Yeah. And what really, there was just so many points where it was driven home. But she thinks she is. Do you think she actually thinks she is? Or do you yes. think she's trying to? No, I think she thinks she is. I think it's that sad thing where she's trying to live her life exactly when she was on the other show. So she's trying to go backwards. She's, yeah. Which I would think had changed or could have changed after the whole it wall came down that moment at the end of the pilot was right. so beautiful like it's like a reboot this is a new beginning we right. talked about that it was very out with the old and with the new but the new isn't as fun or as special no and i don't and know she's how, not the star she's not the star well she's the star of the reality show and that I think is what she keeps losing sight of as yeah. well. And she's... That's what Jim Burroughs was trying to tell her. Right. That this is the car that gets you to that show. Yep. So this was the car that gets us to the next episode which is Valerie stands up for Aunt Sassy. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm excited. And the Aunt Sassy, Aunt Sassy... Concern never got resolved. Nothing. It, well, why would it? It, it would. <laughs> it's a, not a, even a point to anybody but her. The director doesn't care. The, the writers, writers don't, don't care. care. Again, it's just a control thing. So we will see you next time as we discuss episode four. Valerie stands up for Aunt Sassy. And you're going to want to hear that. You're going to want to tune in to that. I don't want to see 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 that.